from WIS Politics in Madison. You're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody. This is Kate Martin with WIS Politics here with the Capital Chats podcast brought to you by Spectrum. Today, I'm here in the Madison office with my colleague Adam Kelnhofer to talk about a conversation he had with Representative David Steffen about the state's prisons. So, Adam, tell us a little bit more about what you talked about. Hi, Kate. Yeah, we talked primarily about the state maximum security prison in Green Bay. That's Green Bay Correctional Institution because there have been quite a few issues ongoing at that prison. Uh, This year, we've seen a several months long lockdown happening and the prison, along with other facilities in the state, have been struggling with high staff vacancy rates for prison guards and sergeants. So let's just jump right into the interview. Today, I am joined by Representative David Steffen. He is a Republican from the Green Bay area, and we're going to be talking about state prisons, specifically Green Bay Correctional Institution. That's the second oldest state prison in Wisconsin, and it is a maximum security facility. So welcome to the show, Representative Steffen. Morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure to have you on. So um, I wanted to talk about the Green Bay Correctional specifically because there has been quite a bit of news about that prison lately um, regarding lockdowns and issues with, you know, conditions inside the prisons. There have been reports of of rodents running around, of, uh, you know, a lot of issues at uh, Green Bay. And the uh, the village president of Alloway, the, the town or the village that uh, the facility is located in, has called for um, the replacement of GBCI. So what are your thoughts about uh, the the village president's calls to replace GBCI? Well, he's spot on. And, and just to back up, this uh, back in 2009, so we're going way back in history, uh, the state of Wisconsin spent three years having an independent architectural and engineering review of GBCI because there were concerns even back then. And when that report came out, uh, it indicated that only 5% of GBCI was not in need of repair. That is a striking and damning uh, piece of data that came out of that report. And unfortunately, what the state did with that is it shelved it. It did nothing with it. In fact, it didn't even report though that report to the legislature. Uh, I came across it um, in 2015-16-ish and uh, started to research this issue further and uh, work to at least get an updated report done. So another sizable amount of money, we spent $600,000 for evaluating uh, that facility and others. And it came back, as you can imagine, uh, an even worse situation. The, uh, the facility is in need of either $271 million in repair or in the recommendation of the experts, it is to be replaced. So we've uh, spent now six years, uh, over two decades, multiple uh, governors, and the you know the structure remains the same or getting worse. And uh, and so it is time for it to be replaced. The issues uh, beyond the structural and operational um, and architectural issues that you've identified are are some of the symptoms of a sick facility. Uh, we are having lockdowns since June. 
Um, there are issues with uh, even the cell doors not locking. We have problems with HVAC, plumbing, you name it. And so it is an unhealthy environment. It's an unsafe environment. And uh, which makes it very difficult to get people to work there and makes it difficult for people to live there. Yeah, you actually uh, brought up uh, kind of another point that I wanted to make uh, that it, you know, the facility conditions do make it difficult to recruit uh, staff members and GBCI has been struggling with vacancy rates right now they're at a little over a 40% vacancy rate for uh, prison guards and sergeants so those are the, the direct security facing staff. Um, I was curious, so Secretary Carr earlier this year in talking about the aging facilities uh, brought up Wapon Correctional, which is another prison that was built in the 1800s, that was built in the 1850s. Green Bay is a little bit younger, but that was still in the 1890s. So over, both are well over 100 years old. Um, but Secretary Carr was saying he doesn't feel there is any appetite in the Evers administration to build any new prisons, which would mean, you know, even if they did get rid of the aging facilities at, in Green Bay and Wapon, there would likely be no facilities to replace that. And I'm curious, have you had any talks with anyone in the Evers administration about actually going through with um, getting rid of the existing Green Bay facility and, and replacing it with something newer? Yeah. And, and you hit it spot on is the uh, Secretary Carr and Governor Evers unfortunately and inexplicably have basically said, I don't care what the science says. I don't care what the architects and engineers are saying. Um, it is an ideological issue that uh, is preventing uh, those two gentlemen from making the correct decision on replacement. You know, the state has 8,000 buildings under its control. And somehow, some way, this particular one isn't treated like the rest. Um, any other facility that received five of five failing grades from, uh, from the building code inspector that relates to prisons, uh, we wouldn't think twice about it, about uh, we have to replace the building. Um, and, and yet, because this involves uh, you know, criminals, it involves law and order, maybe you want to throw in some uh, social justice, whatever you want, because you start steeping the building in with these very highly charged political ideological issues. Somehow it's been considered exempt. And guess what? The brick and mortar isn't uh, doesn't care about the politics. Um, and, but, and I can tell you that the inmates are concerned about it. I can tell you that the staff are concerned about it. And it should be no surprise to anybody that a facility that is that unsafe, that unstable, that unhealthy, that we can't find people to work there. And so, uh, and you mentioned Wapon. I just want to mention this. Wapon is older than GBCI, but the years have been kinder to it. So uh, the same report that was done on GBCI was also done on Wapon, and Wapon uh, also has its share of challenges. But if you're ranking them, GBCI stands out above the rest, even though it is not as old. But as you mentioned, it's it's uh, still an 1800s facility. In fact, um, once you get west of the state of New York, it's in the top 10 oldest facilities in the nation. So we are not talking, this is an aberrant situation that has become steeped in 
politics, which is unfortunate. This is a brick and mortar discussion, not a law and order discussion. And so uh, we continue to fight this issue. And, and by the way, this is a powder keg. You know, at some point, the you know, the two questions that have to be asked of the Evers administration is why are you rejecting two independent studies that say that that facility should be replaced? And two, what is your plan when and if that facility fails? What do you do with a thousand criminals in a prison system that's already overcrowded at 130%? Where do you put them? And uh, until those two questions are answered directly and perhaps in an interview versus just their, the only respond via statement at this point on this issue, until those are answered, uh, I think the public and uh, those who are interested in this issue should stay engaged. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely an issue to to keep uh, tabs on, especially you know as the the lockdowns continue. We know that the Evers administration has worked to move toward lifting some of those movement restrictions. Uh, they're calling it a, a modified movement um, in both those prisons, as well as uh, Stanley Correctional, which is a medium security prison elsewhere. Um, it's it's not in this kind of aging prison discussion, but. The, the lockdown issue is an interesting one because it's been going on for a long time. Um, is there? Do you think there's any chance that we're going to see a, a full lifting of all these movement restrictions without, um, you know, improving, at least uh, modernizing Green Bay and Wapon prisons? Yeah, it, no, it will not happen. And by the way, can we, this is almost a joke calling lockdowns a modified movement it reminds me of uh during um the bush administration when they reclassified uh a torture as enhanced interrogation techniques this is the same type of word play that's being done when you're being forced to stay in your in your cell uh you know 23 to 24 hours a day with no access to programming interaction health services, you name it, uh, guess what? That's a lockdown. And so uh, these individuals who are sick, underserved, uh, in no way being prepared for release, those issues just compound themselves. And 90% of the individuals at GBCI will be released back in, into our communities. And so here we have this constant pressure and lack of, of service that's being uh, provided to these individuals. And then at some point, they're just going to be let out the back door uh, after being caged in that environment. So from a public safety perspective, from a, a state operations perspective, from a leadership perspective, there needs to be change made. I'm willing to work with the governor. He needs to put politics aside. I'm willing to put politics aside. And we work to find a solution that involves the closure of GBCI. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of the solutions to the problems at GBCI that I've heard floated around the Capitol, um, <clears throat> at least for a year or so now, was to uh, close both Wapon and Green Bay prisons and then build a new, more modern facility to uh, take the places of both of those prisons, basically consolidate the prisons into one. Is that still part of any kind of these discussions to to resolve the issues at Green Bay and Wapon? Absolutely. I personally, I think that's the one that makes the most financial and operational sense. 
because you have to remember that, you know, for every facility, you need to have a certain number of staff. But if you start consolidating, you start reducing it. And in fact, just closing GBCI with by itself will reduce staffing needs by 40%. So now imagine combining the uh, the the GBCI plus Lapon and some of the redundancies that occur there with a single facility that holds enough for both of them, um, we can very easily even uh, recognize additional savings. You know, only one set of boilers, one set of HVAC, one set of maintenance staff, and so all those things start to benefit um, uh, the costs associated with it. Not to mention all the enhanced programming that can be provided, the better mental health, the better uh, opportunities for, for life and employment related services that they need. Um, and so that absolutely should be part of the discussion. Now, that just increases the, the bite on this whole thing and the size of the decision and the cost associated with it. So I could understand if people are saying, hey, you know, we've kicked the GBCI can down the road for 20 years. Maybe that's a little too big to do. I could understand that. But to be honest, I think it it's the one that makes the most financial sense. Close them both uh, and do one uh, larger that holds both and recognize all the savings and all the benefits of a new facility. Mm. Okay. So with all this talk about closing state prisons and trying to consolidate and figure out where to kind of get some savings and efficiencies. Have there been any talks about possibly moving toward a, a, a any kind of private prison in Wisconsin? I know we we pretty much only we only have public prisons, uh, state operated prisons. There's one federal penitentiary in the state, but um, have there been any talks at all about privatization? So full privatization, absolutely not. Uh, having contracted uh, contractors, private uh, security guards, uh, private operations, absolutely not. And it's actually prohibited by state law. I do not support transitioning away from that. What I did provide uh, early in the discussion is there are companies that will offer like a, a rent to own where they will build a facility, you staff it, state, you still have your guards, your, uh, you know, whatever your policies are, they're your people, but you're renting our building for 30 years. And then after the 30 years, we slide over the keys to you, a rent to own situation. Mm -hmm. And that has some uh, benefit only because uh, the, you know, we don't have to do the initial big capital outlay and it's spread over this time period. So I floated that idea early. It actually saves the most amount of money because these big companies already have designs in place. We don't have to spend two years and perhaps $50 million on a design because they have them already. Um, so there's savings that can be happening with that. I can tell you that people immediately thought when I was talking about a private building that I was also talking about private staff. And it got very convoluted very quickly. I backed away from even that discussion. Uh, again, I'm trying to find the best cost-effective solution uh, and one that still provides high levels and better services for those inmates and staff. Uh, but again, it the politics got a little weird and sideways uh, on even a private building. And so I've stepped away from that and said, okay, well, let's just do this traditional We'll do the bonding, we'll pay for the architects, we'll pay for the design, even though that wastes more money, we'll do it if that's what it needs to uh, get across the goal line. 
All right. That makes sense. Um, that is, that is all I have time for, uh, today, unfortunately, but, um, it was a pleasure to have you on representative Stefan, and I, I hope you have a good rest of your week. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing that interview, Adam. In the meantime, if our subscribers want to learn more about these issues, they can head to our website at wispolitics.com. That's right, Kate. But for now, I'm Adam Kelnhofer. I'm Kate Morton. Thanks for tuning in to Wispolitics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum.